Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is the Tech Educator Podcast, episode number 184. Today, we're going to be talking to educator Lynn Hilt about some of the improvements or not so improvements in social media and social networks. And we're going to discuss in long form today how teachers are connecting to each other to get the professional development that we need. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And of course, as the weather is getting warmer, we're looking forward to the ISTE conference, 20,000 educators all circling around Chicago in just a few short weeks. Looking forward to being out there. There's going to be a lot of great sessions. If you are going out to the ISTE conference, you can, of course, check out the great stuff that's happening on TeacherCast. We're going to be having some fun at the Microsoft booth all throughout the conference. We're going to be having some fun at the Wii video booth on Monday, probably around 2 o'clock, not confirmed yet. And, of course, we're going to be having fun over at the Google booth. But we want to hear from you guys and see what's going on. We welcome you to join us on Wednesday. We have two great sessions. One of them is at 9 o'clock called Hack the Classroom with our friends Tammy Dunbar and Richard Snyder. And at 11.30, guys, I get a chance to present with this year's ISTE keynote speaker, Michael Cohen. Not, not that Michael Cohen, the other Michael Cohen. And we're going to be talking all about ways that you can kick your podcast up past 11. So I hope you guys check us out there if you can't. Bookmark teachercast.net slash ISTE. That's teachercast.net slash I-S-T-E for some of the great things happening this year over at the ISTE conference. Want to bring on our co-host, Dr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. It's June. We've still got a week of school left. And after that, I've got four weeks of day-long summer camp. Yeah. And what are you going to be doing at that day-long summer camp? Making a lot of coffee, Jeff. I'm going to be making a lot of coffee. (laughs) Um, No, there's there's going to be a puppet camp for one week. One week's going to be a cardboard camp that has the theme of dinosaur and unicorn ranch. Um, Another week is going to be all about building wearable technology and wearable musical instruments, I think. And uh, the final week will be we'll be designing a city, Jeff. What kind of a city? I think we're going to build the city out of rock and roll. (laughs) If not, we're going to, I, I, it just occurred to me, Jeff, I had a little coffee. Um, If not, we're going to be doing some uh, cardboard building with uh, some laser cut pieces, some regular pieces. We might be building giant dollhouses. It really depends on what the kids are interested in because the important aspects to a really good summer program are make sure the kids in the room all get along well with each other and ask them to do stuff they're already interested in. I am looking forward to hearing all about that great stuff that's going on. And of course, as Sam is looking forward to the summer stuff and the stuff he's doing with his kids, we out here are looking to recharge our batteries as educators get ready for the next school year. And one of the things that we can do for that is to reach out and connect to other educators who are in the same position that we are looking for things to do, looking for great lesson plans, looking for ways to integrate, looking for ways to be awesome in the classroom. My next guest has an answer for all of these things. And we're going to talk all about the great things that she's doing in the state of Pennsylvania. I want to bring on Lynn Hilt. Lynn, how are you today? Welcome back to the show. I'm very well. Thank you. It's been a couple of years since I sat down in uh, the booth and now the virtual booth uh, chatting with you. So thanks very much for having me. And I look forward to this conversation. Well, we'll catch us up on what's going on. Uh, teacher, administrator, now you're out of the classroom doing some pretty interesting stuff, aren't you? 
This has been a very interesting year for sure with a lot of uh, opportunities for me. Um, I am out of the classroom now. I, When I left the classroom, I moved into administration, into the principalship. So I spent about five years there and then our children were born. And then at that time, I started to do some more flexible work in terms of instructional coaching, a technology coach for a number of years. And um, recently, I've resigned from the district. So I'm working as a consultant. I like to call myself a freelance educational artist. So there are a number of things that we do and we offer um, with our group, Hilt Consultants, which is my husband, Jason, and I. Um, he's an educational leader as well. He's a technology director. So he has a lot of um, skills in that technological realm and leadership realm. And we're both Google certified trainers. So we work with Rich Kiker's group a lot. Um, so we're kind of have our hands in that space. And then since the summer, I've been working with the Modern Learners team. And it's been one of the most beneficial um, experiences I've had as an educator and as a, as a leader of educators in terms of supporting teachers and supporting teacher leaders um, who are really aspiring to do um, big things in their schools and make really meaningful changes for kids around learning and, and what learning should be. So um, I'm excited to talk about that with, with you guys tonight. Well, thank you so much for being here. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, it's been... A, a, a while since we met and we met through social media and then of course because we lived near each other we saw each other at some camps and got to know each other and you know things have changed since we really got started teacher cast is coming up next next month we're gonna hit seven years old and my goodness social media has changed social networking has changed the way people reach out to each other has changed how have you guys seen a difference in the way educators are communicating and connecting with each other over the last five, six, seven years? I think I saw you at the Edu Summit, you know, last is when we when we chatted and, um, you know, back then, which I'm not even sure what year that was anymore. But like you said, you know, I started blogging in 2009, I think. And so next year I'll hit my... 10 year anniversary of blogging and blogs are really where we started in terms of connecting, um, that writing of the blog, getting comments on your blog, having a 20 or 30 long comment thread on the ideas that you were sharing as an educator. And when we brought Twitter into the mix, uh, it became very easy for us to share links to our ideas and then to locate other educators who were either in our same uh, position in schools or who were in our same geographic regions and who could point us in the direction of great conferences or ed camps to go to. And um, I remember very distinctly that first night that I ever participated in EdChat uh, on that Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Um, slot. That was, you know, one of the first educational chats. Um, I couldn't tell you how many there are now at this time at 8 p.m. There are probably, I don't know, 40 <laughs> that are going to go on. Um, I can't believe how that space has evolved. And, um, you know, 
that one of the things that has changed so dramatically is that just the simply the number of people in the space, the number of educators who are there. Um, and it's, it's wild to me. I, it's interesting to kind of sit back and watch and see what's happening uh, to the numbers alone of people who are there. And the, and the, because of that, it's interesting to watch the ways in which people are organizing themselves in those spaces. And that's one of the things I think is having the most impact on, particularly in the last year or two, the ways that interactions are kind of shaping out online, Uh, the ways in which people associate with others in those spaces, how are they attracted to people to follow? What, what is, you know, what do they read in someone's timeline where they think this is somebody I really want to follow? Um, what, what types of things are being shared that other educators think I, I really want to make sure I don't miss anything that this person shares. Imagine this. Imagine that (laughs) in your life you had a cork board and that cork board was at a central location and everything that was going to happen that was important made it onto that cork board. And you could look at it and be like, oh, hey, you know, today at three o'clock, they were having a conversation about such and so, right? And then you figure out that, oh, I can I can make flyers too. I can put it on this cork board. And that, I think, early social media was a lot like that. But now at this point, the challenge is that we're still in a lot of ways, you know, and a lot of teachers, you know, are still relying on blog posts that describe social media essentially as that cork board. But every square centimeter of that cork board is now worth money. And, you know, all of the tools that we're using to try to share ideas are also the same tools that our marketing friends are using to sell ads. And every time I post something about my classroom and only one person sees it, the next time I log in, it says, do you want to promote this post so more people can see it? And that's messed up, right? (laughs) Like, not only that, we've learned that the persuasive technology that is designed to make us want those likes and make us, you know, kind of strive for that interaction really taps into our more primal uh, brains and like it taps into that whole fight or flight reflex thing and it ends up being kind of a horrible it, it isn't my argument is that essentially those dynamics can poison the room for productive learning conversations so so would you say that social media or as us as educators using social media have we evolved has it are have we matured have we just changed with the times We don't have the skills to keep up with the way that the platform is manipulating us and we're worse off for it. And is that because the algorithm always tries to stay a step ahead? You know, the algorithm awards interaction, which unfortunately uh, ends up where the algorithm wants people to feel outraged because we interact more based on outrage than we do based on joy. So the machines we're trying to learn in are actually trying to make us mad. Well, and just from 
my personal interactions on Twitter, and I, I will admittedly say I did not post anything to these threads that I read, but the threads that angered me the most this week are the ones that I spent the most time scrolling through and reading, and the follow-ups to those, and the blog posts that were written as a result of those. That's where I spent all of my time. Um, and it's, it's challenging, because I yeah. can look at when I went from being a high school English teacher to an elementary tech coach, and the only reason... I was able to do that was I was running a weekly Twitter chat mm-hmm. and I was learning a ton every week from the great interactions I was having with the people in the Patui chat. And it was, you know, why I met everybody. And the time I put into it was actually really rewarding for me. And at that time I would say, yes, it's totally worth it, whatever. Now I tell people, look, I, I don't know that I would spend a lot of recreational time on Twitter even if I needed to learn things, I'm going to go to YouTube or GitHub or, you know, other places that are much more specialized that don't have that persuasive tech agenda. And that's hard, right? Because the way that the algorithm works is if you're not interacting and people interacting with you, then even though you're putting out content, they're not seeing it. Because the algorithm says, I'm only going to show you the stuff you are interacting with. And if you're not, I mean, like, I'll be honest, Sam and I rarely interact through Twitter. So when I look at my feed, I don't see Sam's stuff half the time because it's just the way the algorithm works. Even though I'm following him, I I hardly see the stuff. And I I know I I can tell you, Jeff, that no one sees my stuff. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like like Twitter's figured out I'm not going to give them money. So the only people that see my posts most days are my sister um, because she interacts with most of what I do. And I know that she sees it because she'll like like it. Right. But it's hilarious because, you know. I post fairly regularly and I've got a lot of followers, but I can have days where I have no mentions at all, even though I'm throwing stuff out there into the world. Right. Like, right. Right. Or the only mentions are algorithm based, like don't miss out because so-and-so tweeted, you know, liked this post or whatever. Or or you get somebody tweets and you happen to be the 14th person they did the at sign to. And you're like, that doesn't even (laughs) apply to me, but okay, now I'm going to get every single thing on that thread. Lynn is, is social media still the best way for educators to reach out to each other? I mean, every conference is on Twitter. Every educator kind of is on Twitter. You know, we're not going to, there's a lot of great educators, not on Twitter, Jeff. Well, that's true. But I mean, okay. It's hard to connect with them though. Like, like honestly, like the transformative part of Twitter was that you could connect with so many people, but now more than three or four years ago, I think that it's less likely that you're going to be finding great people to have deep conversations with on Twitter. I think Um, everybody's buffering. Yeah, I think you can find them with a lot of work, but the conversations aren't going to happen there. They're going to connect you with people that are going to become your tribe. Like you described, you moved into a Mm -hmm. new role. You intentionally created a space through your hashtag chat where you brought people together who were passionate about the same thing. I did the same thing. I did not use Twitter, but when I left uh, the principalship and moved into the tech coaching position, I needed people, I needed to surround myself with the best people who were already doing the job and who had the resources and who had the wisdom. And I went to Google Plus and people mm-hmm. will say, oh, Google Plus is dead. We, 
I built that in 2012, our tech coaches community. There are 5,300 members in it. And certainly, you know, analytics, not, not 5,300 participating members. But if someone asks a question or needs a resource, mm-hmm. by the end of the day, someone responds, at least one person provides input into that question. It is, right. I know, am it's, so it's right proud there on of that the desktop, space. right? Yes. Yeah. And, and I, it's a I never go to Google Plus and there's still Google Plus conversations I'm participating in all the time. Right. Right, right. And there's and it's away from the noise, which is what I think right. is happening. It's our own community. I, I moderate it heavily. I don't allow tech companies in. You have to be a human as far as I can tell, um, or at least pretend to be. And you have to have some association with education. And I read profiles and I, I block people from being in there if, if they don't appear to be, you know, there for the right reason. And so having that kind of, and we'll call, it's not, it's an open community. Anyone can read it but it's closed to post unless you have a purpose and you're going to be intentional and you're going to be meaningful there. And those are the types of things that when we're introducing new teachers to learning in social spaces, that is a must share with them. Like you can't join Twitter today. And this happens all of the time at educational conferences at ed camps or whatever, because people who, as Sam said, they are in the throes of it. They are feeling that, that energy when they get likes and when they get retweets and they will say, and I've heard Twitter is the greatest professional development I've ever had. Twitter and I, is not wait, professional like, wait, development. Wait, no, no, that yeah, makes me sad on so that, many levels. It's, it's a platform through which to connect to people and ideas and resources, but it it is not in and of itself professional development. Um, so for someone who's brand new going in and they jump on Twitter, um, who it, they'll quickly become victim to the algorithms and to kind of not knowing how to make sense of what they're seeing um, without a lot of time and refinement um, and being intentional about, about what they're doing in that space. So that is one thing I think is evolving is this need to be very wise about what you do in there and how you do it and how you say it uh, as well. So if yeah. you were starting out, let's say that you, you happen to be at DSD conference and you see somebody who's never heard of Twitter, not on social media at all, kind of wonder, a, a unicorn, right? Where do you send this person to start them on their learning journey? Do you say you, you have to get a Twitter account? Do you say check out this Facebook group? Hey, you're a tech coach. Check out the Google Plus community. Where should we be pointing these people to start the engagement process? Well, it's really personal, right? Like if, if when I have worked with tech coaches, I will absolutely send them specifically to our community because it's built for them. Um, I teach a grad course for uh, aspiring principals and this is technology and communication semester. And I do introduce Twitter to them, but I do it through the story of this is what happened to me. And this is how, as a principal, I connected with all these other amazing principals. And at the time we really rallied around each other and build each other up through our blogging and our messages. Um, and some of them went on to do other big things like write books and 
be speakers and all that. And some of them just, you know, they continue to lead in their schools. And, but I said, without that network, without those people, none of us would be kind of where we are in this space and how it starts is finding those people. And for some people it's easier than others, but I typically will give a list, uh, a small list, maybe 20, 25 people who are consistently sharing really high quality stuff and just say, follow these people for a while, see what's coming in, see how it works. Um, and then that next step would be, you know, sharing out whether you retweet somebody or you add your own content and share people are generally kind of vulnerable feeling in that space. They're not, why would I share this? I'll never have X number of followers. I don't have anything good to share. Um, and, that's what they think. Um, so we kind of help them see everybody's information as you're sharing it out, no matter what you think the quality is, there could be somebody who finds this to be the perfect thing they need for their classroom. Um, and trying to build up that whole culture of sharing and, and appreciation for one another, I think is really important too. We're talking today to Lynn Hilt. And uh, Lynn, you've got a great project going over there at the Modern Learners uh, Network. Talk to us a little bit about it. So Will Richardson and Bruce Dixon um, are the co-founders of Modern Learners. And Will has been in this space for quite some time and Bruce, for, I think, for even longer, although he won't like that. I just said that. Um, but uh, Will ha- wrote a book a million years ago about blogs, wikis, and podcasts. He was kind of out there in that space, the social learning, and he was an English teacher in high school and um, moved on to write some work about professional learning networks. And he's always kind of pushed the bar in terms of conversations in the spaces. Uh, So they form modern learners. They share content around change initiatives around thinking about the why behind school. You know, why are we in school? What is learning? Um, Those big picture visionary questions that honestly, a lot of schools are not asking themselves when they get into the change initiatives, when they start some of the kind of the trendier things that are out there for school change and innovation. So they developed a cohort-based learning experience called Change School, and they invite school leaders in. It's an eight-week experience, and um, it's a really intense eight weeks where they're really pushing these leaders to think bigger about um, their role in in schools and how they can uh, support the modern learner. Out of those conversations, along with Missy Emler, who's another one of our team members, um, some of the superintendents and building leaders that were in change school said, you know what, we would really like a space for our teachers, for our aspiring leaders to be able to go to engage in some of these conversations around this, this content. Like our the, the rest of the people in our building, they, they're not ready for the intense eight week of change school, but they need a space as well to support them in, in this, in this high bar, uh, learning. So that is where change leaders community was born. And, um, we host it in a platform called mighty networks. And I don't know if you're familiar with mighty networks, but, um, it is a kind of a closed community network. It's, um, it was created by the founder of Ning, Gina Bianchi. So she's been, you know, in social for quite some time and she's really savvy in terms of what makes a network powerful 
powerful and trying to get to those network effects that you're looking for, for participation and conversation and dialogue. Um, and Mighty Networks has just been the perfect place for us to host these conversations. So what we offer in Change Leaders Community is a space where when you join us, um, you're kind of um, in a, a safe space where you're open and free to talk and share about anything in your mind um, educationally, and we filter out the noise for you from Open Social. So we bring to you kind of the latest content that's out there about change and innovation and leadership and learning, um, and we we promote discussion around it, and we do that in the um, in the online Mighty Network, but we also do it through Zoom. We meet face to face, and we have you know live conversations about uh, these so, topics as well. So, Lynn, this is a network that was set up to support the staff that is working with the people that went through the cohort. Is well, that right? that's why it was born, but there mm -hmm. are, and there are certainly some uh, teachers and principals in change leaders who do have um, leaders who did go through change school, but there are also just any, anybody can join. It doesn't have to be through association. Um, you can just visit changeleaders.community and all of our info is there about how you can um, join the network. Um, and we're, it's, you know, it's, a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> we for sure have um, over 300 members and we're slowly building up our, our membership. Um, and it's this intimate space. And we talked about kind of that idea of intimacy and in social networks. Um, that's something that's, it's lacking in open social. I don't feel very intimate when I have a Twitter conversation. And um, in this space, it allows you to be vulnerable. It allows you to form personal connections with other members and work through problems. It has the ability to branch out into groups and programs where you can support modules of people going through different tasks that they want to um, investigate in, in deeper, um, you know, deeper look at things. So it's, it's a really cool space and, you know, we're really proud of what it's becoming. Um, that we used to host the modern learners community on Facebook group and Facebook groups work wonderfully for certain types of content, but it just wasn't meeting the needs of the learners that were in that space. So lots and lots of people who uh, joined us there on Facebook came over to Change Leaders Community and Mighty. So it's been it's been a really cool space so far. That sounds like an amazing, like you said, intimate community of, of educators and school leaders to bounce ideas off of each other. And you know, when I'm looking at these communities and, and you know, Sam's created his around the Edu Puppets and the Patui Network, and we've got one here for educational podcasting. The question is always, what kind of things should we be doing to engage? And maybe what are some of the things that we can avoid, right? We've always been in the Facebook groups where somebody comes into a community that's tight and starts with, here's my blog, here's my this, here's my, you know, advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. How do group leaders such as yourself and, and modern learners keep these networks uh, focused on what the, uh, what the task is. Well, I know that I heard Lynn, I heard you saying early on, you know, that it was really a lot about having somebody whose job it is to actively curate the community. Like community doesn't happen on accident, right? You want to make sure there's good content, there's good contributors. And what's nice is if you're, if you've got resources and you're dedicated to building and, you know, growing this community and taking care of it, 
and you've got a, a nice number like 300 to start with, that's that's beautiful because you can keep track of that many people, right? You can, when somebody new joins, you'll see that. And, you know, if they kind of, you know, knock over the face on the way in the door, you can be like, hey, let me help you out with that. Here's a great way to get started. What are you interested in? Here's some nice people to talk to. And you can really, you know, serve that curated role. And I think that's also probably the kind of actions you take if you want someone to feel like it is that kind of intimate community. Mm-hmm. And we we spent a lot of time before we launched developing out a welcome series. It has, you know, welcome videos from me. It has tutorials about how to navigate the space because it is Mighty Networks is a new platform for most people. Um we have a huge post about why. Why do we exist? What is the purpose of Change Leaders Community? What, why did we build this? And what do, do we hope to serve? And we have a community norms and expectations um, page as well. And we make it very clear from the beginning that the whole fundamental purpose of Change Leaders is to change the practice of school of what we do in schools. And our expectation is that you'll contribute. Um, that's one thing. And community is really, really hard. Um, building true community. It, it's really easy to network. It's not easy to build community. And so I think we're finding that along the way. We're learning a lot of things. Um, and we encourage discourse, respectful discourse. We set a very high level of expectation that we, of things we will not tolerate. You know, we will not tolerate um, any kind of, you know, vicious attacks or any kind of racism or any kind of, um, you know, fundamentally hurting other people through your words. Um, and we do say this is a promotion-free learning commons. So like you said, Jeff, um, it, in open social educators run into a lot of, um, I, I did this and buy this and buy that. And I, I am totally for educators who are entrepreneurs and who are selling their, their, their work, um, because they've worked so hard for it. But at some point that gets in the way of what you're trying to learn, um, if you're in the space for learning. So we, we take that commitment very seriously. We've never had an issue thus far. So it really does community just really needs to have that common understanding of why you're here and you're in it together and what you hope to achieve together. And I think we've done a really good job of that thus far in, in CLC, as we call it. Now, Sam, we spent the, the, the time here talking about how we as adults, as educators can, can grow together. What do you do with your kids, right? Like you, you run the makerspace here with your kids. How do you get them to gel and grow as, the, as their social network? The thing about a makerspace is essentially it is a creative community. In order to develop the creative community, you have to get the kids in the class to respect each other and trust each other. And you do that by putting them in situations where it's important for them to talk to each other and giving them the time and the tools to have those successful conversations and being available so when they mess up, you can step in and help make it right. Sam, I couldn't have said that better myself. There's a lot of great things that are that are certainly there. And you know what? We want to know what's going on with you and your professional development network. Maybe you've been on Twitter for the last 10 years. Maybe you just got into it this year, and maybe you're headed to the ISTE conference. We want to hear from you, and we want to know how you are connecting to other educators and how you're making your own personal learning network. Um, Lynn, before we let you go, um, one more time, where do we learn more about the great things that's happening with you and uh, Modern Learners? 
So if you, uh, my consultant site is hiltconsultants.com, which is, or, oh my gosh, that's not even correct. Let's All right, can I start time. that again? Go. So our consultant site is hiltconsultants.org. You can reach out anytime or find me at lynnhilt at gmail.com. To learn more about Change Leaders Community, visit us at changeleaders.community. And you can also download the Modern Learners uh, white paper, the 10 principles for schools of modern learning. If you'd like to have more of a kind of a well-rounded background on um, our beliefs and what we strive to achieve with leaders and and teachers, um, you can access that white paper at bit.ly slash TEP184. TEP slash Oh, oh my God, bit.ly slash TV184. Can you just cut out those repeat part? Um, and um, yeah, and I'm at Lynn Hilt on Twitter. So reach out anytime. And I look forward to following conversations along this topic. And of course, we're going to have links to all of that stuff in our show notes. You can go to teachercast.net. And this is, of course, Tech Educator Podcast episode number 184. Lynn, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all this great updates with us today. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your evening. And of course, Sam, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you're getting into. I see that you've got some new puppets and you've got a full summer of things like we talked about at the top of the show. But Talk to us a little bit about what we can be expecting this summer from the My Paperless Classroom channel. Well, in My Paperless Classroom, you're going to see uh, further development of the design thinking with puppets thread. And these are puppet videos that I've made to introduce design thinking challenges and opportunities to my students. We did one the other day that was Bad Idea Factory. I'm just in love with Bad Idea Factory. I need to do it 150 different ways for every different grade level. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to be sharing some work about 3d printing and digital design and antique puppets. What? And also we're going to do ongoing sharing of the programmable led village slash train board slash city of the future project. That sounds pretty exciting about all those things. And check them out over at mypaperlessclassroom.com. And, of course, you can check out all the great stuff happening over here over on teachercast.net and subscribe to us on Twitter over at TeacherCast. I hope you had a great time with this episode. 184 episodes in the can, Sam. What a 184! 184. Next week, we're going to be talking all about the ISTE conference, and we're trying to line up some great guests and would love to have you guys sign up. If you are going to ISTE, we would certainly love to hear from you. Reach out on Twitter or leave us a voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.